Welcome to Radio 5G, where we sort fact from fiction, conspiracy from falsehood, reality from the unknown. And by doing so, we change the collective consciousness of humanity. A production of CosmicReality.com Welcome to Radio 5G's Other Voices show, a pre-recorded show airing on August 2nd, 2023. Today's subject is secret earth history that explains the cosmic view of where we are. And quite honestly, where we are is that humanity is fighting for its survival. We're going to be listening to two audios. The first audio is with Bill Brockbrader. And in the second hour, we have Karen McDonald, who was having an interview with me that I actually taped a week before I started working on Bill's uh, audio. You know, Karen, this would have been, well, this is the third interview, but it's only going to be uh, part of it, 45 minutes of the two-hour show. I will put that up on Rumble. But when I was working on getting... I'd been working on Bill's, and then I went over to work on Karen's. And it was totally... I kind of, like, got to the point where I thought, man, if you listen to Bill, he sounds crazy. If you listen to Karen, they they sound crazy. But when I started to, one after the other, working on them, because I was trying to do two projects at the same time, I I realized there was a continuity in what they were talking about. And so then I sat back and I listened to it from the idea of, well, and at that point I was listening to Karen. Okay, so I started remembering things that Bill had said, that Karen was not saying the same thing. Well, she was saying the same thing, but not in the same words. And Bill recorded that audio in 2015, and now it's uh, 2023, as you're probably well aware. So I found it to be one of those situations where two really strange stories start to get proved because there's other strange stories. I mean, we're entering into a realm of strange story after strange story. And I'm not saying any of this is true. I think that anything can be true, but at the same time, everything could be something else. We don't know. It's a very strange universe. But we're in this universe together, and I think that the purpose of us coming together in this radio station and in the alternative Internet and in the people like Karen McDonald and and Bill Brockbrader who are willing to go out and tell stories that most people are just going to dismiss you on the spot. I mean, I've been there, but these are... If I've been in it for a long time, so there's not anything that they're telling me that I haven't basically heard before. But you hear Bill in 2015, I listened to that same tape, but I didn't remember it. And then, you know, you listen to Karen, and she knows so much about so many things. So you go, okay, well, let's just take a ride with this and put it together and see what you guys think. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with Bill's, and I'm going to uh, 
well, I want, I want, I just want you to understand who Bill Brockbrader is, because in uh, I think it was 2011, he had a interview with Carrie Cassidy on her show. Uh, I'm not sure what she she called it, Project Camelot, um, was what she started with, and I think it might have been under that banner, but. He, he presented information that was just like on looking glass and about seeing a, a very inhumane situation occurring in uh, Iraq that was also illegal and very confusing and how he essentially needed to come out as a quote whistleblower to let people know what reality really was and it was a it was an eye-opener and he started a Facebook group and I got involved in the Facebook group and from then then on I, I became friends with Bill so Bill and Karen are my friends <laughs> I don't think they're crazy I've heard most of what everything that they've said at some place sometime or another or at least the subject uh, is I, I, I've heard before so when Bill got when Bill was talking about this, remember it was 2015, and I think he, well, I know he had a lot more information than he was really releasing because he was talking to an audience that really had never heard any of this, or very few of us had. And now Karen knows, she, she, she'll, you know, tell you a whole different list of names of people that are involved in the same sort of things that she, she's involved in. It's not really important that we understand exactly what they're saying, but what we need to know is that they seem to understand what they're saying, and they don't know each other. They're talking about two different errors, and yet they're talking about very, very similar things, in that behind the concept of, of history is what we confront now, and in, it, in many ways, it's galactic law that is dictating a lot of the, let's say, the twists and turns we're seeing. But I'm going to start with Bill, and I'm going to tell you that um, he did, he, in another video, he explains exactly who he is and what, how he got involved in this. This particular video is discussing, just like I'm, I'm talking about, the cosmic cosmic reality in the concept of ETs, of our history, our genetic manipulation, and um, where we are now. So I'm going to start with that, we're going to go with that, and then um, after that I'll do a little tie-in and then we'll start Karen's up right now. Okay, now we're going to talk about one of my more favorite subjects, aliens and history of the Earth. Um, they're very necessarily connected, and everybody kind of needs to understand the reason that I'm talking about this is because not only do people need to understand what's the truth about alien species or races and the truth about humans on the planet Earth, it's pretty important. But at the same time, 
there needs to be some plausible deniability in what I talk about. Um, I need to make it so the normal people, the Flat Earth Society, can hear what I say, but not necessarily accept it as any kind of truth. And that's important because we want to get everybody on the planet Earth to the point where if one day proof of everything that I am talking about just came out, it'd be like the NSA spying. Oh, well, everybody knew. Everybody knew that America spied on everybody. It was no big deal. So there you go. Okay. Humans, uh, specifically Earth humans or Terrans, since, you know, we have a name for us and the rest of the galaxy has a name for us. Crazy, I know. Um, the hard thing that people are going to have to understand is that humanity isn't just an Earth thing. Um, humans, or Homo sapiens, um, were created by genetic engineering for the purpose of being a resource for another race that we would then consider them to be our gods. Gods with an S. Very, very important. And these gods would use this species... Uh, similarly to the way we use animals on Earth as a resource to eat, or, in another word, to prolong their life. So humans were created and seeded throughout the galaxy as the property of this dominant race that used them as a resource to extend their lives. Um... These greater race beings were necessarily seen as gods because they had certain powers that other humans didn't have, and they kind of liked the ego trip of being gods. So um, humans were used as a resource to extend life, and as slaves, and as worshippers. <coughs> So that's how it started out, a very, very, very long time ago. Um, Earth was in the same boat. Uh, humans and this dominant race species set up shop, and humans were the slaves. This dominant race was the gods. Now, there are a lot of names and a lot of descriptions for this race. Um, reptilians, Anunnaki, um, you know where I'm going with this. So, uh, the thing that everybody kind of needs to understand is that this race, um, while using a human as a resource to extend their life, would look very much human. They got inside the human and took over the body and suppressed the consciousness that was inside. Which is important because there's some universal law about two conscious entities possessing the same body. Neither here nor there. I will get to that maybe later or 
It's just not important. So, um, for a very long time, Earth and its human population and its gods, um, you know, it was that way for a very, very long time. Um, everybody is aware of who or what these gods were. Uh, the Egyptians, the Greeks, the Romans, the Sumerians, all had different names for these gods. And there was definitely more than one. That's very important <clears throat> because, you know, that's the way the earth was. Gods and their human slaves all over the place. Um, however it happened, at some point, uh, the human slaves either got rid of their gods or their gods left of their own free will. And the human slaves that were left destroyed the means of transportation to get on and off the planet um, so that the gods couldn't come back. And then nothing. Everybody knows kind of how this story plays out. Um, humans evolve over thousands of years and they grow and they change and um, you know we've gone from a society that believed that the earth was flat and killed anyone who believed otherwise or tried to prove otherwise and Galileo he himself you know, mentioned to friends that the Earth was a sphere and gravity pulls you down no matter where you go. Um, and when he went in front of the Pope to explain what this friend said, um, he backed down and says, no, no, this Earth is definitely flat. Definitely flat. Please don't kill me. And he got lifetime house arrest. So realize where we are right now is somewhere where we've been before. We are in the flat earth society world. Um, there are many people that believe that the earth is round without much proof beyond evidence that not everybody accepts. The rest of the world violently fights that truth. And that truth is that aliens exist, the life in the galaxy is abundant as and as diverse as it is here on planet Earth, and that what we base our religions on is a piece of the truth, but not the whole truth. And really that's where the foundation of this argument comes into play. Religion is a form of control and power, and that power and control has been used for centuries. That power and control exists today because it is being used against us in the Christians versus Muslims gambit that we're playing right now. Um, 
all Muslims are terrorists in America. You get outside of America and Americans are the terrorists and the empire builders and the conquerors. So realize that, you know, this is happening and the reasons that it's happening are easily understood and clear. Now, there are people on this planet that do know for sure that this is the way it was in the past and that our gods exist, did exist and do exist. And they know that it isn't gods per se, but a race of advanced intelligent life. Um, and a little while ago, this dominant race discovered that the human population of the Earth existed mainly because that transportation gizmo that was destroyed uh, was uh, recovered and turned back on. Um, then that dominant race came back and said, we want our property. And there's where we have the problem. We don't, as humanity or Terrans, we don't believe that we are their property. Trust me, that's a fact. Um, but they do have the evidence that proves that they owned us a very, very long time ago. They did engineer us or have us engineered, and therefore we are theirs. And there's been kind of this fight over that argument amongst the galaxies, higher intelligent races. And the way that they solve these problems throughout the galaxy is that they have a council. And the council, which is made up of representatives of the advanced races of the galaxy, make decisions based on universal law. And universal law is law that cannot be changed. It is. Um, there is no way to violate a universal law. Um, because the universe naturally seeks balance. So if you violate the universal law, the universe fixes it. Crazy, but it, it happens, trust me. Um, even here on Earth, if, if we didn't have a judicial system, it would still work out that way. If we broke a universal law, there'd be consequences. Um, and that is the way it is. So the other advanced races of the galaxy convene this quorum. And it's decided, are humans the property of this once dominant race, or have they become something that cannot be considered property anymore based on the neglect of losing us for a long time? Um, 
in this decision, um, the demonstration to prove that Terrans were in fact what we were created to be, um, this dominant race that wants us as property, used the argument that we still act like there's, we still act like slaves. Um, and we are very barbaric in the way we treat each other. And the, of the Terrans that did understand the true history of the earth, they used that knowledge to become the gods in place of the gods that left. And they, you know, pretty, pretty good argument. We, we do do that. Um, another dominant race that everybody is going to know and uh, understand is the Greys, quote-unquote the Greys. The Greys um, advocated for humanity, Earth's humanity, Terrans, and demonstrated in many ways how we had evolved to such a degree that we should be allowed to continue that evolution to its end, where we would then become part of the more advanced races that participate in gal galactic matters. And they did this by using a group of humans that exhibited these qualities and demonstrated that this evolution had taken place for at least some humans. And given time, very short amount of time, um, those humans would allow the rest of humanity on the planet Earth to catch up to them. And at that point, we would be considered an advanced race and we could join our galactic brothers and sisters. Um, and that has to necessarily be done through information. Um, because right now there's a lot of not truth that humans believe in. And that's really what the problem is. Is that if we knew what the truth was, we'd be there. Overnight. Um, but part of that truth is the understanding that the religions of the planet Earth are, while in some aspects true, in most aspects they are not true. And they subvert the truth about what God is, um, what are, what are, how do I say this, um, the reason for existing, um, and, you know, those are some important issues that, by and large, Earth humans do not understand clearly. Um, they listen to their religious leaders, and parrot that dogma as the truth. 
and the truth is very interesting um, because everybody says that they know something. I know. I know this. I know this. Um, but you can't know something that you don't know. Um, and if somebody says, comes up to you and says, this is the way it is, do you believe me? And, you, and the person comes back and says, yes. But that's not knowing. That is believing. And believing and knowing get really confused in religion fast. Because religions teach people to know. I know what God is. I know what the purpose of life is. I know, I know, I know. But religion teaches that a belief becomes knowledge in the context of a religion. That is not the case. Um, we don't know. And the fact that we don't know leaves very little room to accept the truth or a real knowing of what's going on. And, okay, that's, that's where we're at. Um, it's going to be a difficult time when the, the devout worshipers of the world's religion have to understand that the religion that they have devoted themselves to for their entire lives isn't exactly the way it is. And that the truth is that while God exists, we do not have the right thinking of what God is. What God is is very easy to say, but very hard to understand. God is the collective conscious energy everywhere. Now, we've got billions of people on the Earth. And in our galaxy, we have billions and billions of life forms, species. And inside our galaxy, or inside our universe, we have billions and billions of galaxies. And there are billions and billions of universes. When you begin to understand that all of the conscious energy, all of that, everything in all of the universes, anywhere, everywhere, is God. My consciousness is God. Your consciousness is God. Everything, all of the energy, the conscious energy that exists is God. And so that kind of quashes the old man in white robes vision of what God is in most religions. And there's no way God would ever appear in the form of a human. It just ain't gonna happen. That may have been what somebody believed they saw, but really, no, it wasn't God. Because God, God is everything. God doesn't play favorites. God doesn't get involved in religion. God doesn't even get involved in 3D material world. Because 
we don't understand that there's a whole other side to life that we can't perceive with our five senses. And all of that life is still life. And so uh, people mostly refer that refer to that life as fifth dimensionality. Fifth dimensionality is easily defined as consciousness that lives as pure energy. And there's very much a process where life forms advance to the point where they shed their mortal bodies and become pure energy. And they live that way. And that level of existence <clears throat> has its own set of rules. <clears throat> and we'll get into that. Um, but we need to stay in third dimensionality right now. Um, because it ties into things that we've been talking about. Um, especially where we're talking about the Cabal. Now the Cabal... They have knowledge of this dominant species or race that built humanity as a resource, as slaves. <clears throat> and they use that as their religion to do what they do. They have knowledge that is better than most of the planets. And they use that knowledge to become gods least in their sick little twisted world. And it gets ugly. Real ugly. Real quick. Um, people, you know, call it Satanism. Um, you know, some people think Freemasons are the responsible party. <clears throat> it's none of that. Um, it is a corruption of the truth to uh, have a select group of humans in charge of the rest of humanity, using the rest of humanity as a resource <clears throat> or slaves, the way that their gods once did. And then, you know, there's going to come an argument, well, you know, who's to say that this dominant species isn't here and doing it? And that is a very valid argument. Um, and I'll tell you the answer, and it's not going to be perfect, but, you know, bear with me. Uh, the Galactic Council ruled that neither argument was clear. That the dominant race that wanted to use this as a resource <clears throat> couldn't prove their argument. And the Greys couldn't prove their argument either. So the Galactic Council said, you know what, we are going to remove any influence uh, from Earth, and they will be allowed to um, exist as they see fit. Um, well, you know, that's a little tough because humans, some humans on the planet Earth, have already found out about the Anunnaki, about the Greys, and the contact and communication um, 
was there. So they kind of had to write a, 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 a treaty. And, you know, there are many stipulations in this treaty. Um, but mostly it's to remove as much alien influence from the uh, evolution of Earth humanity as possible. Um, certainly the Anunnaki race has found ways around that. And one of the ways that they found around that um, was by... Never mind. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go down that road. Um, they have purposely given humanity very difficult choices that don't technically violate the agreement, and force their hand on many occasions to come up with answers to problems on their own, because. The other aliens couldn't help us. They aren't allowed. Um, and where that became a real issue was the uh, end of 2012 um, theory, end of the world. Um, it's a very interesting paradox that was produced through that whole event. Um, let me just say very easily that the fact that we are beyond the end of 2012 is very interesting to all races. Um, because if you understand life, you understand that there is a level of existence, a level of life that sees things much more clearly than we do. Um, where we see our choices that we make throughout our lives as a linear chain, they can view the, the, the multiverse and see everything that happens on both sides of every choice that every one, every conscious being has ever made in three-dimensionality. A little tough to understand, but we do have a nice movie about it called Interstellar. Deep stuff. Um, when I did my first video, this calamity was very much known and aware of by the group of humans that the Greys advocated for and said, this is humanity, not the slave resource race. Um, because there was interference a violation technical of the treaty, but not an obvious one, humans were allowed to see into the future and see this linear path in many different ways through many different choices and 
we all found out that the that nothing continued past 2012. Um, in the middle of all that, the decision came down, the quarantine went up, and this alien technology was now forbidden. So we couldn't use it anymore. But when you know the future, you create a paradox that creates a new timeline. And it was because of that that there was a set of choices that could be made that advanced us past the end of 2012. And that's what happened. And only a handful of Earth humans know what happened and how it happened. Um, and it's very difficult for most people to understand because the vast majority of the population just, you know, went, about, went on about their life. Never knew. Well, that's very, very important. Because the fact that we avoided that calamity means that the, the timelines are once again opening up. And the choices are becoming much more broad. And, and the timelines are expanding again. And everything is changing for this evolutionary process to take effect. And the, the thing is, is it's to watch a three-dimensional race advance like we are right now is one of the coolest things the universe knows. And it necessarily gets a lot of attention from the universe. Um, both the three-dimensional, five-dimensional, um, everybody is kind of watching it go down because it's an interesting part of life that doesn't happen very often. Um, so we, we understand there's advanced species or races out there in infinite numbers. And in our galaxy, not so infinite, but in our galaxy, there are many advanced races. And they all know what they consider to be advanced. And they know what a race or a species has to achieve to be accepted as an advanced race. And so they are all very interested in this little rim star planet called Earth, because that's where this really cool thing is happening. And they like that. They like to see races advance past the point uh, where they become an advanced race per their rules. Because very often, races destroy themselves before that happens. And we almost did. Really close. Um... So there's a tremendous amount of attention by the galactic, the advanced species of the Galactic Council. But the Galactic Council is also very aware of 
another form of life, another way to exist, which is this existence is pure energy. Um, and this level of existence, this fifth dimensionality, is something that is being advanced, more advanced than the advanced races. So it's beyond the most advanced three-dimensional race. And it's a level of spirituality that an understanding and knowledge that once you achieve that level, you, uh, to use the word that uh, most people understand and is very popular, is you ascend. Now, we have had a lot of information given to us about this ascension process. Um, there have been many prophets or entities throughout the world's religions that talk about this ascension process. Jesus ascended to heaven. Uh, Muhammad ascended to heaven. Um, even uh, certain prophets, other prophets um, in, the, in uh, other more obscure religions have ascended. And those races also, you know, talk about a descension process. And while that is, while all of that is true in a very basic sense, the understanding of ascension is not really anything that we have any clue what it is. Um, because to get to that level, it's, it's pretty hard. Um, now, that comes to uh, another sticking point of, as humans, we die. And our conscious energy then leaves our bodies and goes somewhere and something happens. And... Um, people really don't understand the truth about what happens throughout that process. And the, the basic answer is that on some level, we ascend to that fifth dimensionality. And our, the fullness of our consciousness, all of our memories of all of our lifetimes, everywhere we've spent, is regained. And then we decide, you know, what experience we want after that. Because ultimately when you die, that's what you take with you, is the experience you had in three-dimensional life. And this is how conscious energy grows. This is how God's children grow. And people find it hard to understand that you, nobody is a human or a male or a female. They are all conscious energy. And that conscious energy is existing as a human, 
as a male, as a female, to get this education that conscious energy needs to ascend to a higher level of existence. And the farther you are along in this educational process, the more access you have to your past memories or your past lives or the information that you've already gained. And on some level, you get better and better at tuning into that part of you that doesn't come to the three-dimensional world with you. And um, everybody understands what that is, but not many people really comprehend the totality of it. And uh, in a word, it's called intuition. And as you advance along, your intuition becomes greater and greater and greater. Um, and it's that process that is life, this, this, um, this living and dying process and, and deciding when you're not in three-dimensionality, you know, what your next adventure in three-dimensionality three is. So of the eight billion people on earth right now, every one of us on a superconscious level chose to experience this life. And, you know, who's to say why, but there is something very, very cool going down right now. And it would make sense why consciousness would want to get involved on massive level to do that. Okay, so now we're really talking about the life and death process. Um, and so we need to go to the advanced races because I need to explain something about that that people necessarily need to know. Um, these advanced races have, in a way, many different ways, figured out how to extend their lives for a very, very long time. Um, the Anunnaki do it through humans. The greys do it through, in a word, cloning. Now that isn't technically the truth because um, greys can um, uh, greys can transfer their consciousness into um, a biological entity, a biomechanical entity, and a purely mechanical entity. Um, as a matter of fact, the mechanical means of transferring their consciousness is how they do it. They, they advanced technologically to the point where when they were close to death, they could transfer their consciousness into a form that did not possess a conscious entity entity. Now, as humans, we can see where that happens. Um, we call it brain dead or vegetable, where the body is sustained 
by mechanical means, um, but they are quote-unquote brain dead. Well, all that really is is that the consciousness, or the soul, or the spirit, left the body, didn't come back. But the body's still alive. Um, it's very much the same with the greys. Um, any form that they create that doesn't have consciousness is 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 not technically alive. Now the body it exists, but the consciousness isn't trans doesn't inhabit it. So um, the they're they're very different. Let's just say um, those forms are what we would understand to be like a comatose state. Um, okay. So, if you understand that, then you understand how advanced species can kind of advance through third dimensionality and become, you know, the top shelf third dimensional beings, but never really have the understanding of a fifth dimensional being. Because they haven't ascended. They've spent thousands, maybe tens of thousands of years in existence, so they are technologically very advanced and very smart, but they also know about this fifth dimensional place and really deep down they know that's where they, where they were, that's the way to go. And doing anything else is just prolonging uh, a path to that existence of fifth dimensionality. Um, the question then comes, um, when you're not alive, when you're not in 3D, can you ascend? Yes and no. Um, every consciousness wants to ascend from third dimensionality to fifth dimensionality without experiencing death. They want to get to the level of knowledge where they're communicating with their higher self so much that their higher self and their 3D self become the same. So when you're dead, can you ascend to fifth dimensionality? Yes and no. Mm, that's complicated, but I'll just say it matters if... It matters because if you've never... If your consciousness has never ascended before, then no, you, you can't ascend. However, there is this... This quirk in fifth dimensionality. Um, fifth dimensional beings, by and large, well, one of the laws, let's say, is that there is no interference with third dimensionality. You are absolutely not allowed to tinker in third dimensionality. Um, there's very good reasons for that. 
but mostly it's because if they interfere with that process, it kind of changes the ascension process and people, conscious entities need that ascension process as a growth process. They need to experience that. Um, so in the fifth dimensional world, by and large, those entities are only vaguely aware of the third dimensional space-time. Um, they understand, you know, that it's going on and what's going on, but the way they see it on the multiverse through every, all the decision-making, and you, it's very, very tough to understand how a fifth-dimensional consciousness sees us because they see everything they see every choice we ever made both paths throughout our lives everybody's life you, you can imagine how huge that is and how vast the multiverse is um, because each time if this is the universe each time any conscious entity makes a decision, that choice is then layered with the opposite. And so you can begin to understand very quickly that multiverse is huge. It's seemingly infinite. And fifth dimensional beings can look at it and see it like we watch TV. And Mostly, um, to fifth dimensionals, watching any particular point in the multiverse, to us, is like watching grass grow. It's horribly boring. <clears throat> but um, there are all types of fifth dimensional beings. And there is this one type of fifth dimensional being that stays very connected to the third dimensional plane of existence, despite the, the fact that they've ascended. And they like to focus on points in the multiverse where big things, big changes are happening for a species, let's say. That's only one, but trust me, there's this is the one we need to talk about. Those fifth dimensionals, when they see that there is a species that could benefit from the help of a fifth dimensional being, they get, you know, kind of caught up in it. And most fifth dimensional beings consider third dimensionality as hell. Like, it is no way to live. That's basically it. Um, but there is a tiny, tiny part of fifth dimensional existence that plugs into this piece of third dimensionality. And they like it so much that 
they choose to participate in it. Now, because fifth dimensionals are not allowed to interfere in third dimensionality, there is a process that makes it so fifth dimensional beings can descend to third dimensionality, but it's not without its risks. So when a fifth dimensional being chooses to incarnate into third dimensionality, um, you can, that fifth dimensional being can sometimes get lost or addicted to third dimensional life again, and they have to go through the ascension process all over again. Um, but the benefit is that these third dimensional beings have a very, 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 very high intuition with their fifth dimensional selves. And I'm going to make it easy for everybody because, you know, I've been kind of bouncing around uh, what probably most people are thinking. Like, this guy is crazy Stargate SG-1 fan. Kind of. Stargate SG-1 was a television series that was created on a storyline that is exactly as I just described it. The key to SG-1 is to watch the 100th episode and the 200th episode. Those two episodes talk very specifically about how this real-life thing, this Stargate, got turned into a ridiculous TV show that, while technically correct, is just kind of a goofy, satirized version of the truth. And the Air Force, in its infinite wisdom, decided not to crush this television show as a breach of uh, confidentiality, but it in instead embraced it as a means of plausible deniability. Anybody who says something like, I just got done saying, they're going to be point to this television show and say, he's just talking about the television show. But even in the television show, they tell you that the television show was based on the real thing. Um, and at the very end of every episode of Stargate, um, special thanks to the U.S. Air Force and U.S. Space Command. Huh? What the hell does U.S. Space Command have to do with Stargate SG-1? Plausible deniability. So if you really want to understand what I'm talking about in a goofy, satirized, can't-even-begin-to-touch-what-the-truth-really-is version of the truth, watch Stargate S3-1. I think it's ten seasons. A lot of information, and it's all going to be basically to help us have that that level of understanding where we can accept the TV show because we believe it's fiction. Now, 
somebody just has to come along one day and say, there wasn't actually fiction, it was based on the truth. Once everybody understands that, when the proof comes out, um, it's going to be easy for people to go, oh, that's easy. I already know what's going on. I watched it on TV, Stargate SG-1, it's great. Um, but it doesn't tell you the whole story, it just tells you the basics. It gives you a rough outline of the way it is. Um, the Goa Wold, yes and no, kind of the same, not. Um, the fact that there's two factions of this dominant reptilian Anunnaki species, uh, ones that seek a symbiotic relationship with their host and ones that uh, seek to control their host. True. Um, but, you know, what a ghoul looks like? Very different. Very tough to understand, but, you know, I don't want to get into that because it's not specifically anything that anybody needs to understand right now, this instant. What people need to understand is um, this process of fifth dimensional beings descending into third dimensional reality for a lifetime. Um, because that's a very important part of this process that is going on right now on the Earth. There are millions of fifth dimensional beings that are incarnate as third dimensional beings that have access to their fifth dimensional self, but may or may not remember or ever figure out or use their intuition to determine it. And the most important part about this is the fact that a fifth dimensional being has determined this point in third dimensionality is so important that they want to be a part of it. And at the same time, help the process along, help the ascension process begin to take hold and give enough information to where humanity can start to understand the path that they need to get on to ascend. And right now, we're pretty far from it. Um, but we're going down that path, and that's where it connects into the choices that I'm going to, I'm about to make with my life, um, that many other human beings <clears throat> have already made. And that choice is to do something very dramatic to remove the lies from that exist right now in the world, to remove the corporate control over governments and the human population, to get rid of things that don't really necessarily exist or are true. Um, money. We need to do something about money because money is a scam. It's a scam that turns human beings into slaves. Period, point blank. That's all it is. Um, money is important if it was exactly what it is, which is a fair form of trade. Right now it's not. 
when a bank can create as much money as they want and then use that money to buy all the resources to control the human population, that needs to be fixed. But when you fix the problem, you inherently kind of get rid of money or at least people's desire and thinking that go along with money. Um, the other big one is religion. And I know this is not going to be real popularly received, but religion is a massive problem because it is all based on belief. There isn't any evidence to prove a religion, aside from the book that a human wrote that people point to and say, there's the proof. That is not God's word. That is a human being's word written down. And they profess that it is of God, came from God, whatever. Um, you know, nowhere in the Bible is the book of Jesus Christ. It was all observers of this Jesus Christ that people see. Um, and so, you know, we've got a long way to go. But um, if you want a good hint about where we're trying to get to, um, there's a book out there, and it's called The Law of One. And hopefully the people that edit this are putting that link up. It's free. It's actually five books, and it's some deep stuff. But take a look at it, read through it, and there are a lot of answers in there that human beings need to know. At the same time, there is a whole foundation of knowledge that we as human beings still need to attain, and that's important too, but that process is happening, and that process is something that I am going to be enlisting in for the rest of my life very soon. And so, you know, it's important. So, um, while there's much, much more to talk about as far as the history of humanity on Earth and aliens, understand that most aliens, most advanced races are benevolent. And they have rules that keep them from interfering in the evolution of a species. So we don't have to worry about any kind of inva alien invasion. We do, we did have to worry about uh, a dominant species wanting to take control of their property once again. Um, but that's been solved too. So right now we're just in this quarantine period where the galaxy is just kind of waiting for us to get our shit together and move up. So that then when an alien spacecraft comes near the planet, we don't freak out and want to kill them. We understand that it's just another form of life that wants what's best for us. The same way, you know, we care about lesser species on this planet. We don't run around killing everything because, you know, we can. Some, some people do.
But for the most part, you know, we use lesser species as a resource to exist, but we don't slaughter it for no reason. Um, and certainly, if a cow came up to you and said, don't eat me, um, you would probably take a step back and say, I'm not going to kill and eat this cow because I think there's more to this cow than all these other cows. So I'm going to wait for this cow to kind of play out. Very dumbed down version, but that's what's happening. So uh, we'll move on to the next topic. So that was Bill Brockbrader giving his perspective on a reality from 2015. And what I want you to take away and think about is that we're in a situation right now where the cosmic, or what they call it, the Galactic Council, um, is making legal decisions based on, I suppose, galactic rule that seem to be associated with the Galactic Federation. What's at stake is that if humanity wins and we pass the threshold that puts us into the category of an advanced civilization, then the Galactic Federation would provide protection for the planet against the, let's say, other off-worlders who think that they own this place. If we lose, well, I suspect it's going to be not a very good outcome. I mean, are they going to eat us? Are they going to suck our souls away? <clears throat> They're going to be able to do whatever they want to do because they own us. And personally, that doesn't sound like a very good outcome. But as I say, you know, it sounds a little bit, oh, gee, if this is true, you know, what's the story of creation and all the other stuff? Well, I think it's pretty apparent that the story of creation is one that happens before all of this. The story of the first people that were created by the God force in a concept of love and safety and just enjoying all of the various variables of life. So I think that the there was more to that particular group. As we listen to Karen, you're going to hear her go back many, many generations beyond, you know, what we may consider modern man into a world that she doesn't really get too deep into she alludes to it but it's based on the clan and about tribal rights about rights that are tied to the natural law of things and it seems that with Bill you're also talking about a legal system that goes beyond the confines of Earth. So as you listen to Karen, remember that, again, it's that situation where you really need to know that she knows it and just kind of go with the flow. 
because she's going to touch on a lot of different subjects that maybe you may not know about or you know maybe she needs to we need to um, sit down and just delineate but she also gives you links to where you can find much more about a lot of what she's talking about she's not coming from a vacuum she's coming from a group of people who have had now had access to to knowledge that um, most of us haven't seen uh, Bill same situation you know that he got in with people that had access to the the hidden secrets of earth and the cosmos in well Bill didn't really get into the secret space program and that disappointed me to be honest with you so but luckily I had asked directly to uh, Karen you know what she knew about it she goes off on it in ways that I didn't quite expect because the way that I understand it is that and again I don't know if this is true or not you know there's indications you hear it from different people whether it's true or not I don't know what I do know that is during the 60s there was apparently thousands of people that were technologically educated that just disappeared uh, we didn't have the internet but this got in it trended trended in quotes um, in started out in Britain some reporter in Britain was realizing a lot of people were missing and they all seem to be technologically capable um, but that you know as, as long as it was up it was only a few days maybe and then it disappeared and so it was something that I took note of but there was no further information until like around the 2012 mark where you got whistleblowers claiming that there is a secret space uh, force out there and a capable of uh, you know navigating through the solar system so if you don't know about that it's uh, something that just you know realize that it is a story out there and um, but I asked uh, I asked Karen directly and the thing that makes these two come together was something that Bill said he said you know it's gonna be a real wake-up when people realize that there are all these people in the in the galaxy there's all these ETs and they've been knocking around with us for a long time uh, remember that's 2015 and uh, yeah I guess that's all very true that there's a lot of them out there so let's continue the story with Karen McDonald and uh, I'll see you at the end of this can you give us a kind of a rundown of what you understand the uh, the secret space program or the breakaway civilization is I was like kind of I guess overstand it technically but <laughs> um, okay there was something that years ago I mean when the the what you call the secret service or secret space program came to me um, super soldiers time travelers galactics cosmics whatever you want to say as people have and you can almost think about the security clearance you know what I mean someone's got, it's got cosmic clearance or top secret above top secret that actually is almost like the the level of their utility chicken you know genetic grades too some days and what happens is that um, the secret space program or whatever I was approached back in 2006 because I refused to stand 
for the pedophile judges in their black robes in Saskatoon after my children told me they were being molested so um, and abused and everything else, physically, mentally, emotionally, and being shot at. So, I mean, enough is enough. And I have zero tolerance for abuse. And in there, again, you know, my ex, John Kwok, being one of the lawyers, part of the Bar Association, part of this Illuminati and, and Fraternal Underground Brotherhood, you know, they're the ones that are doing all these these contracts. And so they really are part of that. So at that point, a representative I was taken to that was part of attached to the Canadian military as well at the time, but basically said, you're the clan mother. <laughs> like you're our clan mother. You're our nation's clan mother. And again, nation being blood type, bloodline. And um, these people are put into protectors. There are protectors, watchers, guardians, all sorts of things within these different fractions. And a lot of them are part of the time travel project. And a lot of the soldiers you talk to them they're not just having post-traumatic stress and bleed through they're actually getting some of their memories back especially now with what's been happening and there has been a whole thing that this covid has been this overlining to this is it's a blessing for the people that haven't taken any more mind-altering or genetic altering um type of drugs whether injections are up your nose or up your butt or whatever i mean anyone that's got a, a prescription is already there it's the same thing, some of the tracking devices and the, you know, petroleum-based semi-synthetics are basically like your black goo and all your, your you know, prescriptions. And so once you start getting into these mind-altering and genetic-altering things, you know, now it's almost like, let's say, if the Pleiadians made this in their, their particular batch of like, you know, I always think of it, it's like instead of raping you and having due to the first night's rights, now they can just up your genetics because basically it's to be it's like the we would call it the majestic 12 or you call it the illuminati 13 or you call it whatever it is they've also got their corporations and some of them being pharmaceuticals so taking a prescription from let's say the the orions or taking a prescriptions from the solipsy ray or taking them from the draco or taking them from whoever man you're back into the contract i mean that's worse than the bursita what they thought and having said that you got to remember the people that buy into this, right? That's not the original law. They're making people think this common law or the bursting of it is the law. That's not the way it was originally. That was brought in later, just like Canada was brought in later, and and the you know Federal Reserve and all those sort of things came in later. So when you you talked about what Eisenhower did, being a general and a president of a corporation. Well, he just signed a little agreement, whether he's pressured or not. It was his bloody signature on that. However, it was not a treaty. No clan mother authorized it. They're the only ones that can authorize a treaty on this planet, on or off of it. But what he did do is because for technology, you know, here, we'll just give you 2,000 people to experiment. Well, I mean, they just extrapolated to, what, 8 million children per year? We should have an amber alert going off in here there's 50 to 80,000 children trafficked a year, missing and not always documented. And this is the thing is that when you get to what the Sound of Freedom brought in is that they're trafficking these children and they don't have birth certificates. Now, that's one of the things that we do have to identify is that through biofeedback, like what I do, you can get an energy print, you can get a frequency print, and we don't do the same thing that the government does, but they'd have it. 
they have the technology. You got a soul print and you got a genetic, physical, body, lineage, bloodline print. And from that, they know who everyone is. But having said that, we can't have a whole bunch of stuff going haywire here. And we have to be able to identify that, you know, these children are, you know, on the planet and what they're doing with them. It's absolutely insane. And when you talked about the Galactic Federation, I think there's enough up there through what we're seeing. Dr. Michael Salas got stuff. Patty Broussard had an awful lot. Kerry uh, Cassidy is brilliant as well. And when you talk about having, you know, being a contactee or whatever you want to call me, an experiencer, um, I've met people that are not from this planet. Or you have people in the Super Soldier Program, which has been going on well before into the 50s. You know, this was an offshoot of Project Paperclip and MK Ultra and every other thing and Dreamspell and Watchtower and blah, 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 and Puppet Master and Wizard of Oz, whatever. They've got everyone genetically linked into those those secret projects, too, for mind control or alterization. And so they do it. They've got a breeding program. I always think of, you know, Delta, you know, yours, there's your assassin. Your beta program is your sex kitten beta and then your high psychic defense you know, that you mentioned, um, doc, or sorry, two-star general um, Albert uh, Stubblebine, which is Dr. Rima LeBeau's uh, previous husband. He's the one that set up the whole psionic and secret space program. He was one of the first ones doing that, where he got that movie, like, Man, that's Derek Goats, you know. And there's some validity to this. But, I mean, same thing. Gene Roddenberry, all those people, they had access to stuff. Tesla had access to stuff, you know. All those people have been dealing with, excess technology, whether it's Lyrian, Palladian, Agarthan, I mean, there's so many different races on an above and below and whatever on this planet, it's not even funny, you know, or, you know, the Alpha Centurions or whatever. There are many different groups or Lyrians. I've met people that actually do know their genetics, do know their star seed nation. That's where the word nation comes, star seeded, um, that still have that pure enough lineage that know who they are. Or whatever percentage, like you mentioned about, um, what should we call it, Simon Parks, Becky and Simon Parks. You know, he talks about being part human, part reptilian, and part mantide, like an insectoid race. You know, and I've met people, part of the super soldier, um, you could Google a lot of it. I did a lot of shows and have been acquainted with Miles Johnston for years, decades. And those were the first people coming out talking about it. Like he's got something called the Basis Project, where they have been taken down and taken down. And poor Miles can barely keep it up. So I think he's just going to go to a private monetization thing now or something just to keep it. But I've got probably a dozen at least videos there. But so does the Max Spires, you know, that was killed. People, I mean, talking about like rare genetics again, talking about the what's on Hunter Biden's laptop and stuff. They know these genetics. Um, another one, speaking of Russian, was uh, by the Montauk boys, Stuart Swedlow. So, you know, other people are coming out. They're going, geez, I, you know, I think it was part of the Plum Island. I think it was part of the women. But one of the things they talked about, Max Spires and James Casbolt, also known as Commander Michael Prince, uh, was part of the British Army that was also part of the American, but part of these secret space programs that they were bred and hybridized like in vitro chickens. They implanted them into women, into certain blood types. And he talks very much about the Canadian aspect, which is where I, I kind of focused a little bit more, because he talked about a lot of the ones, the dumbs in Alberta, like there's a Dulcie here, which is also, we've got one under Banff, 
and that's why we had a you know just about a 4.0 quake there in the last year and a half and you know we're getting quakes all over you know all these earthquakes in alberta no that's them taking the bases out in alberta saskatchewan and bc right now and now ontario and everywhere else but and under the lakes the great lakes go up here remember the uh, hunter biden the the finger lakes are up here so you start going into that and what they did under the auspices of the oh what do we want to call it the alaska highway you know going up to dawson creek until you know area 51 up there you know all the stuff there's a lot going down in in alaska in the yukon now in upper bc most of it's focused up there and big big bases that are hidden away from people usually anywhere you got a big water you know generator which is your dams i remember we had free free energy as you call it that way but there was energy in the ether available to everyone you know that they've taken away whether you had the capstones whether you had all those beautiful transmitters but you can see it in the the old in a lot of the russian look at what russia and siberia and all those areas and and the Ved Rus have preserved a lot of those transmitters, you know, are in the towers there, what you see in their churches and in their buildings. So a lot of that could be easily probably resurrected. And this is stuff that I would like to see brought back. And they're able to put a whole new grid down. There was a new grid here to start with. They put an artificial grid in only in the last couple hundred years. So you could certainly bring back a lot of that stuff that they had like thousands of years ago which would eliminate any of the bills. And that was one of the focuses that I, I enjoyed for about three, four years. Um, Patty Broussard at one point, and we're no longer associated, but at one point designing what you call eco-villages or protected, whether you want to call it an enclave or a sacred kin domain, but how we could do it. Like, you know, putting shungite in different aggregates that were put into the actual, you know, hempcrete or whatever. You just can't build any kind of a you know eco home these days you know and with the information that we got and i almost tend to think like tiamat i, I think like they crashed in roswell or uh, mount ararat or some of the ones at hope you know the octarian and those stargates they crashed a lot of things up there they had breakaway civilizations here they got breakaway you know timeshare you know planet earth you know they come and go i mean I think the Russian ARB book, you're probably aware of that, that Dante did, but that was distributed very widely um, between a lot of the military people I know, and I got a copy of it. There's two copies. There's a public and there's a, a military version. And they talk very clearly, you know, which races have been here, you know, the Ramey, the Council of Twelve, what are these councils, who's responsible for stuff, you know. So once you've had contact with them, you know, you can't uncontact us. You know, you can't take away the knowledge that we have. You know, you can't go back. Let, let, let's stop here, hesitate here for a second here. Because when I started out with a Shungite, oh. I actually was in communication with Gaia. Right. And I said, what, what am I supposed to do with this stuff? And she said, get it to the masses. Right. And now, I think we've talked about this, we have a a world grid where the Shungite is all over the world. There is, it's all over the world. So we have this energy grid. Now, I think that the Earth's energy grid is in, in it's always fluctuating, but that it's in, in a state of uh, 
not destabilization, but actually building up to a whole different alternate, let's say, circuit. Mm -hmm. And I think that people are being drawn to put Shungite into certain places because sure. the Shungite is actually working to stabilize this changing planet. Mm -hmm. And why was that stuff there for, you know, 2.5 billion years? And suddenly we start, people pay attention to it. Yeah, you know, 300 years ago with Peter the Great, they realized that there was something magical about it. But it's been out there for all this time, and, and it's only now, you know, since 2014 that it's erupted around the world. Mm -hmm. It's because we're ready for it. And then, you know, the, the blue plasma ball that hit the, the Shanghai field back in uh, February of 2020, that was another upgrade of, of this, this entire magical substance. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the, the keystone, keystones to understanding it is that I was listening to that, uh, that those two people, Hope and I don't know what his name is, Trevor, something, the people that, that were working with Shungite and stuff. Yeah. And they, they really didn't have an understanding of Shungite. I, you know, I listened to them long enough to go, wow, you ought to read my book, Shungite yeah. Reality. So what I did, and they took it off, I put it on there, and Tom never removed all my stuff. I put links to your book. I put your links to help them, and I also put it in the underground comment section, and he took it down. I, I I was just shocked, right? So anything, any of my comments that I made towards you, or even just a book on Shungite, he took it down. Anything that they deemed to be a conflict of interest, and I've seen that oh, happen a few times. Was that, yeah, that was YouTube? Yes. Or was it Rumble? It was one of them. Yeah. Okay, because um, I'm so targeted by them that if you say cosmic reality, if there's a link to cosmic reality in YouTube, it won't go through. Yeah. No, I it think, was the one I, I gave th you. I think I gave you a copy just to make it, you know, to bring it to your awareness. But when they start censoring stuff like that as fast as I did, that was insane. You yeah. Know? And, I mean... I'm doing a lot of stuff now, you know, I really appreciate the works um, as I had with previously Dr. Gary D. Uh, Young is Dr. Robert O. Young right now. And some of the people that are making a difference that are whistleblowers that, you know, they've come after ourselves, our family, our clinics, you know, and that's why I actually, which indirectly ended up being a blessing, Nancy, that's what got me off the grid. You know, you want to take my children, then you want to make me to pay for that? Like, what, are you insane? You want me to pay ransom? I don't think so. And, I mean, this is the whole term they use, too, is, you know, patriots. We're a patriot. We're a patriot. No, and especially as a woman, you're a matriarch. You're the matriarch. You're the female. And what they've done is they, they've inverted upside down, just like you look at that, uh, seriously, damn flag and and i mean those of us that actually know how to read flags and symbolisms and law of the flags right it doesn't matter i could take russell j gold and start laughing i don't care about 1776 yet we had stuff here that was here for millions of years thousands of years our genetics our bloodlines my coat of arm trumps out anything on, on a canadian or an american flag i don't care what year it came in don't matter 
And when you start learning what that actually entails, these people have got their heads up their asses because they're trying to take the women especially and use them as prostitutes, use them as breeders. And those men that they marry and the women lose their rights on, by the way, every marriage certificate is a loss of right. It was as bad as the, as the birth certificate. And you got to remember, I dissolved that. Our councils dissolve that to give people their total autonomy. But again, within reason, you still have to know what the treaties are and live the law of peace. Those treaties are into place. They override. First world always overrides the foreigner domestic governments and and setting down that. So the original territories are going to come back. And that is what the actual secret space or that new force, the cosmic force, the galactic alliance, whatever you want to call, that is what the new galactic soldiers and federations are to put into place. What was then is now same thing now. And we don't want to have the deviation, but it really makes me ill when I start seeing all these women waving flags and stuff like this and then calling themselves patriots. And I went, you are so lost as a female. I don't know where to start, you know, but it's breeding. It's it's breeding in. It's from the, you know, pledge the allegiance to the flag when you were little to God save the queen and O Canada up here. I mean, O Canada is a satanic ritual. So is the allegiance. And, you know, if I started saying, I used to laugh. I said, if I went, hey, hey, ho, hey, hey, ho, Yahweh, hey, Manitou, well, that's the national anthem. That's the Octarian Bear Clan. White, yellow, red, blue, whatever. That is the White Bear Clan. That's the Bear Clan national anthem. And most people don't know what the hell I said. But they'll pledge an allegiance to a, a Illuminati Masonic red and white or whatever the color is, horizontal flag. And that defines who you are. And just like that, they're captured. And just the education that we have, especially as I, I go for women and recovery uh, from ritual abuse, sexual and ritual abuse, which is S-A-R-A, you know, that is my whole focus right now. And the whole focus of preserving the children, preserving their original customs, usages and law. You know, it's so disheartening to see what the hell has happened. It's, it's unbelievable. And, you know, the nations are... Again, when people start remembering who they are, they start remember, like you said, discussions with Gaia, discussions with, you know, knowing where you are, whose soul here. It's like the movie Avatar, and my favorite one is actually getting them back is called Jupiter Ascending, you know, and looking at stuff like that or what Sophia did, uh, Stuart, in doing like the Matrix initially, you know, um, there's so many different councils. You know, and but we have to counsel ourselves. How can you have self-responsibility? And with what's coming down now, you know, for people to start getting like out of the cities, getting oh. back to nature. I mean, right now, that that 15 minute city, the smart grid, there's a smart city, a resilient city and a 15 minute city. There are three different types, by the way. Most people don't know the difference, but all three of them make you into a FEMA camp into the city. And we, I'm right now focusing on getting our people into position, getting food, getting water, and getting through this. Like even what's happened with the CMEs, and there is, there's a scorched earth policy in effect. And they are going full steam ahead with it. And if you're not into the right place, then so be it. It, it could be like a worldwide global like Carrington event that we had back in the 1860s here. 
You know, that's how they removed them the first time. What kind of event? Carrington event. C-A-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N, a Carrington event. What's and that, that? That's basically, think of it like a CME, like an electrical burn up the grid, fire up the grid event. And anything that was attached at that time, it was telegraphed. So think of it like 1G. Anything right. that was attached to the grid instantaneously went on fire or imploded like a direct energy weapon. They used the electrical grid to fire it up, and it's called scorched earth policy. Well, that was up in Canada, correct? Uh-uh. It was down there, but it can be done right now all on the planet. Yeah, they yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. They could fire the yes. whole planet. And I have seen something that Patty Bassard has shown me that's happened to other planets. It happened in 2013. And they call it a smackdown. They literally can fire up the grid, do like an entire planet scorched earth. And then unless you're in the right places in these little safe pockets, underground caves, stuff like that. What she talked about, which is interesting, is or he, I should say. When Patrick Bassard talked about this, what happened is... They said even the dumbs will not be far enough down that their dumbs will be burnt out from the type of radiation that they've got planned. And okay, this all right, is, all right, they're moving right. tribes into safe places right now. Like hereditary tribes are we're being put told where to be. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so who's going to do this burn, burn, burn down the planet? And the, the council. If, who? The Galactic Council. Who's the Federation the Gal- of the Galactic Councils is what I've been told. Why would they do that? Because that way they can actually remove a lot of the negatives or the hostiles. And if you put people, it's easier to move some of us on or off the planet or slightly out of the way while they do this. Well, why would anyone be in a city right now? I mean, anyone that's got any semblance of awareness, knowing what's coming down. We can't even stay, I can't even stay within about probably 15, 20 miles of some of the major towers right now, because I can feel it. Many of us out here have been feeling the vibration in the houses, like a miniature shaking. You know, we're getting the headaches, we can hear it. Our ears are buzzing. We don't have tinnitus. We can hear the 5G towers. We can hear the vibration oscillating. We can hear those higher frequencies like, 5G, 6G, 7G, 8G, right? And so to get the hell out of the way, you know, and however they're going to do it, they can do it like an entire loose harvest with everyone that's in a city. They have that ability. You know, you got to remember what, what secret space has for technology, whether it's for gen beds and this and cloning and transfers and this and that and gates. They're probably like 10,000 years outside of what most people know. So, I mean, they have everything. I've seen oh, the... Okay. The, let's hold on here um my first off i'm not going to buy into that i'm not going to buy into it intellectually i'm not going to buy into it emotionally because it is a scenario a timeline that i refuse to go down i have no contract with it Mm -hmm. the other timeline that i believe we are not necessarily building but bringing back into dominance as is the predominant timeline is the one where all of this discussion that we're having is a discussion of a 
learning environment to teach us certain things. And that if we can get the lessons learned quick enough, then we don't have to go down the, the to find the, out the final solution on that just, you know, disparagingly crazy-ass timeline. So when I get out here and I do shows and we talk about all of this awful stuff, mm-hmm. that's a timeline that we are not... Okay, it goes back to Buckminster Fuller, and he said, don't try to change a given reality. Build a new one. Because in this case, the reality that everybody has been, you know, thinking they were in, well, not everybody, but, you know, most people, um, thought they were in, that that timeline, it's working perfectly. It's it's controlling. It's going to take us to uh, death and destruction, you know. No, we're building a new one, a new reality. Correct. All right. And that's what I'm saying. But you have to know what has been there, what they have been doing, and what these things are that we're trying to avert. And I, that's the reason I do the shows I do. But we do have to be careful that we don't get engrossed in that drama. It's just drama. It's tr- and and it's not, I'm not. I don't like the word, to use the word just, but it sort of is. All of the the storylines that we have there, okay. 99.999% of them are all crazy. They don't work. But there is that one that we started out with. I mean, I think that when, you know, the source God, the energy God, created the Adam and Eve scenario, it was essentially a timeline of love and joy and, you know, peace and, and a wonderful timeline. And then you get this concept of, the tree of knowledge and the god says well don't eat of the tree of knowledge otherwise you're going to be in trouble and yet they do why do they do that well who knows maybe it's because that's the scenario of existence that god is a creator being that creates an environment and then in order to energize that environment part and particles of the energy of that source god are there to have free will to do with this experience, you know, whatever happens. So you got this line of energy that is perfectly natural. The storyline is great. But then you have somebody that says, oh, I want to take from the tree of knowledge. And if you take that entire concept of the tree of knowledge to where we see it now, you go, oh, well, that's probably what God was talking about. If you get more knowledge and more knowledge and you build more mechanical stuff and you have Wi-Fi and you have technology, now you're going to have transgenderism and AI. You know, don't take from the tree of knowledge because it's always going to lead you down that, that you know, crazy-ass ending. And I look at the, the two scenarios and I go, well... You know, maybe people uh, in that wonderful reality that was there were not paying attention. And so they were infiltrated. I don't know who this infiltrated thing is, except that it's the opposite of the all-loving God that I want to have a relationship with. You know, does it go back to the concept of uh, the Luciferian 
you know, bet by God, you know, no, they'll follow me, no, they'll follow me. And, you know, I mean, where does the story of those two entities, it, did God create Lucifer? Probably. And given him free will. And it, it represents, you know, evil as being the wrong way. It doesn't work. It always ends up in, like you're talking, scorched earth thing. They have done like varieties of this. I mean, it has been done. That's a documented situation where they actually did do it. So did you, do what? Did do what? Scorched earth policy. You can take a look oh. at. Um, yes. And it is a military term. Okay, it's used by the secret space program. And not only well, did it, it was in there, but also Trump put it into effect. That was part of one of his orders. So uh, those are things that you know just again have the awareness of that do i agree with a lot of stuff like they said in the galactic front because trump is part of a certain et group or et race that's been here for several generations raping and plundering the earth but they're using him on that for what i've been told he gets he's been bought off they bribed him and part of his uh you know doing what he's doing is because they're going to get a new biosphere a new planet just like the earth so there are many groups in that. So I look at from a little different perspective. I don't look at anything biblically. Um, when you look at the astrotheology, like what Santos Bonacci talks, and you look at another version of it, or like instead of saying the Holy Spirit, the Ek or the Echinar and stuff like that, you can look at what they're actually doing. This thing is woven in in the galactic part. And when people are missing the cosmic or galactic councils, and how they actually set up this terrarian earth, you know, um, with Gaia and stuff like that. They're missing a whole entire part of the original recipe. They're missing the entire ingredients. And we cannot have a, a whole totality in here. So when we're talking about what I'm talking about, whether you call going back to nature, natural living, or your original custom use and laws, that's the original way Gaia set up. Those are the original plans that the council, not just her, there was no Adam and Eve. There was a council that put this this together, and they call the progenitors or the builders. I like the progenitors, but it's like the very spiritual. But having said that, a lot of the people that did that, because there are so many different entities, and I think the biggest thing that we're fighting here, if you want to say, and going to do, and I'm, I'm not in the totality of us versus them or the black and white scenario, because that's not the way it goes, is you're looking at the genetics and the infiltration of the parasites that some of these different foreign entities brought. And some of them do not mix, just like you can't mix blood types. There are certain things that, you know, literally can shut you down in a heartbeat. It's not just carrying some familial disease or acquiring a sexually transmitted disease. This is what the parasitical stuff does. And that's what they, they're doing. They're injecting their genetics and stuff into everyone for their particular type of harvest. And we're not seeing anything. We're seeing it very in a real time, you know, real life situation going on between all of us. But do we have to participate in it? Like you said, no, that's not my that's not my picture. That's not my vision. That's not my customs, my usages and my laws. And when you keep and hold to those original things and are not corrupted or, as you say, colonized <laughs> or breakaway civilizations, I'm not civilized at all. I haven't been civilized. My genetics are not civilized. You know, I'm not part of the Roman conquered, you know, little harem that they want. So that's part of it. And 
like you said, you've got to keep true to yourself. You have to, to keep true to what is. And I prefer to gift and barter. The minute you use any kind of, whether it's currency versus money, which are two different things as well, you're already putting in some sort of a, a, a price on something. And I think when people learn to come from the heart, as they can get past these concepts, they get back to, to like what you call, it's not really hive mind, but you would do stuff benevolent for everyone. You could become telepathic, you know, and getting back to some of these ways. I think people, some of their skills are really enhancing now. I've had people either they're going really bad one way or they're going into something where their skills are developing, their dreams are developing, everything's getting more and more pronounced right now. So I, I, I have to tell you a story because this will give you a, a feeling for, you know, what's really happening. I have a, a hair cutter that comes to my house to be, well, she used to go to my neighbor's house and then I'd go over there and I'd get my hair cut, right? But she had to come to my house because my neighbor couldn't get on the schedule right. So she comes to my house and she'd been there once before. But we're outside, it's the middle of the day, well, it's the morning, and we're in in the, in this yard. Now, this place is an acre of land in the virtually just north of Miami, and it's attached to five other acres of land. And for four of those acres, it is maintained as a, a jungle. It's a natural preserve. So it, when you come to this property, it, you don't feel like you're in a city. You feel like you're out in some wilderness type of thing, you know. So she's cutting my hair, and she got so nervous. I said, what, 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 what do you, what's upset? She said, well, there's so many no sounds. And I said, what do you mean sounds? I said, and she said, all over the place, there's so many sounds. And I said, well, we've got raccoons and squirrels and birds. No, she said, no, this is something else. And she says, I'm telling you, I think that we're living in uh, some kind of a place where everything is a is a background. There's a background to it. In other words, she ha she has uh, the concept of background people, you know, yeah. that a lot of what we're encountering is not really soul based people. They're something else. Well, and, you know that the concept of background people is now trending. I, I actually played a tape uh, Tuesday on, uh, you know, uh, with uh, John Nolan talking about background people and why we have to understand this concept. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I see that you need to go. So we're going to uh, end this right about now, which is uh, a two-hour show. Very. <laughs> it'll be a little short, but I can fill that in. Um, well, we could keep going for a bit. Just tell me when you're you're great. I can push off a few more minutes. So, okay, good. Um, what I'd like to have you do is give me a list of some of the people that you mentioned, links and stuff, because I think it's so important to give people the resources that they need to be able to really get a handle on this. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll I'll make sure that we easily publish uh, this. What so. I can do is transfer you just some of the documents. You've got to remember that law is oral. Everyone wants me to give them like, let's get the documents. It's like, where's this book? And law has always been oral. It's passed down. It's in the genetics, right? But so are the, the 
what has been there. I mean, thank gosh we have some of that and that we have so few hereditaries left, you know. And um, in here, that particular thing would be helpful. The only thing really left online is if people look up clan mothers and the older version they would use a C. The original version was with a K, just like Cleopatra. You know, she was a queen, Queen of Sheba. Those were clan mothers. They were the pharaohs. They they oversaw church and state. Okay, they were over all those laws territorially. And um, if you take a look at Mr. Meredith Quinn tribal laws, and that's on YouTube. If you still can find one, there was a nine-part series with the Eagle Clan where I talked about all this kind of secret stuff I'm talking about. But there was books, and those books have been removed off the, you know off the circulation and I happen to have like a copy of a copy kind of thing now but a lot of that stuff goes back to Moses and the extra books like not the stuff that's in the Bible because because there was books called the books of the war of the lords and all the stuff that you know even people tried documenting the book of the war of the lords is probably one of the most important books out of any of them you know say that again the book of the the book of the wars of the lords the and War of the Lords. Yeah, and it, would, frame, the, yeah, it would have been one of the books in there. I think you can still get copies of it. It was like in the Jewish Combray or Library or sometimes they're in the British Museum in Leeds or in the Vatican. So I have met super soldiers that have actually been taken to the underground in the Vatican and read the Vatican Library and actually read these books in their original form. And they talk about that. They talk about the clan mother in the system and what they call the angels or the daughters of the great spirit or the queens of the heaven. That's really what it was, is our, our angels or angles. It's the DNA angles. They're not mutated, basically. Or Anglo land, what you would call Tartarian, right? Like Russia, right? Anglo land, you know, and you have to know what the original words were. Like I said, trying to do in English. That's why I always laugh when they, you know, start talking about, oh, let's talk about this contract and, you know, birth certificate stuff, and you're going to get it back. I said, that was never there in the first place. That wasn't part of the original law. So, again, these people, it's nice to be educated that they've done this, but, again, you get caught into that paradigm shift. Like, like you said, it's a negative timeline. And if we keep buying into things like 15-minute cities, well, stay out of it. I mean, I'm aware of it, but that's not part of my, you know, what I'm doing. It's not part of my vision. And so that's where you can get back into natural law. You know, and the more your senses are clean and heightened, and you mentioned about hearing things, well, yeah, we can hear things, we can feel things. You know, I I can't be that close. I can't go to a Walmart. I can't go into cities. And sometimes if we do, it takes us two, three days to recuperate. You know, just like Anastasia had to live away or her grandfather lived away or they went, you know, once, you know, into the city. You've got people that are documented that have lived hundreds and hundreds of years here. And the minute they go into the cities, they die within months. But there are people very well documented and groups and bloodlines that are secured up into Siberia or up into the Tibetan mountains or different things like that. The Hunzas, a lot of these people have lived hundreds of years. And again, once you just get back into the grid or into this Wi-Fi or negative dense energy, that's what kills us all. So you know, no different. I mean, we can all feel that what's going on. And if you can't, that's because they're brain dead and their senses, they've been so um, suppressed and oppressed and depressed. And it's unfortunate to see it. You know, trying to extract people is trying to do like a soul harvest or 
you know, a soul retrieval, you know, and that's basically what we're doing this is an extraction of getting these people out of this like negative, you know, uh, dirty energy, what you call EMF. And I think that's why looking at the Shungite, I think it's maybe one of the initiatists to the black goo, quite frankly. Um, you know, oh, there is a connection. We'll get into that. Oh, yeah, I know. You <laughs> started down mystical, that one. Mysticalwares.com. Um, you'll find Shungite products that you, you really need to, uh, and research, an unbelievable amount of research. So, mysticalwares.com. We're going to close it off now because uh, you need to go, and it's a pretty good time to do it. So, would you like to say adios to the audience, please? Uh, Sasebo, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Adios and all those wonderful things. And I appreciate your listening. I appreciate being able to have a, a opportunity to be here with you, Nancy, and to share with um, your viewers, listeners, and audience. It's it's a pleasure as always. And I just really encourage people. A lot of what I did years ago was at Project Incension. I also did. You think this is long? I think one of my longest one was eleven hours. Nine hours was recorded with Og Tales. And uh, so, yeah, we, we've gone and done some stuff. But I think it's really important that the stuff you talk about genetics and the coat of arms, blood types are all at Project Ascension. There's one called, I think, um, the Council of Twelve. No, is that ProjectAscension.com or how do they get to it? Project Ascension is a YouTube. So it's I-N-C-E-N-S-I-O-N. So Project Ascension is on YouTube still. Go through that. There are 50 videos. Funny. Okay, okay, so it's Project and Inception? Whoop. No, no, In, Incension. Incension. Yeah, we changed but, it. Interesting. Yeah, he said, let's do Project Ascension. I said, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I said, we, we had a talk, but Project Incension is on, there's a couple on YouTube. No, there's 50 on YouTube, and there's about four or five on Rumble, but take a look at that because the really important ones that we're talking about you got to know it's like these are like the missing books and that's one of the things i'm looking at with lair i just did this incredible three-part series on galactic goddess tv with raja and lair is actually a historian um is like one of those amazing people that knows all about you know the the holy spirit the act but he was actually part of the navy he was a lieutenant and he was part of the JAG. So he's part of the, the prosecution team of the, like, you know, Gitmo and, like, you know, court-martialing people. And so he's a walk-in from the great Musa, a Moses. So I've been dealing a lot with him. And what you look at the shepherd's cal- like calendar, these were the actual treaties. Screw the Granada Treaty. These were the treaties that the clan mothers made, actually, with the Tudor group and the Dracos Orions. Right, so they are now severed. Okay. And okay, in the next in the next section, we'll get into all these treaties. All right, we'll remember that we're going to talk treaties. Yep, I think that that's it. It's what your bloodline is. So, like mine falls under the Zoa or Noah's Ark, Ark, right? Which is basically what you know everything from Russia all the way down uh, Europe and all the way down into Egypt, Cleopatra's territory, everything in there. Those were clan mothers. So that's the territorial piece. Thing that they all signed on for an alliance. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, I'll talk to you soon. And for the people out there, be blessed. You've been listening to Radio 5G, a production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you for listening.